This message is brought to you by ABC Church in Ammonford, West Wales. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org. Well, God bless you all this morning. If it's your first time at ABC Church, we give you a warm welcome today. Glad to be in church. Yes, I don't know uh, if you heard about some research that has been taking place internationally uh, over the last couple of months. It might have involved you. I don't know, but we'll find out in a minute. There's some international research that took place and the reports were out in Science magazine this week. And what they did, they wanted to discover how honest people are on the planet. And so what they did, it was a survey that was done around 40 different nations. It was quite an expensive report because do you know what they did? They left wallets full of varying amounts of money in different cities across the globe. I have no idea how much it cost, but there was some interesting uh, feedback and some interesting information that came up in the report. Guess what it was? Number one. The scientists were amazed at how honest people generally are. They were astounded that people are generally very good and very kind. So that was the first thing that happened, is over half of the wallets were handed in. Can you believe that? Over half the wallets. I mean, clearly they didn't drop any in Ammonford, did they? I'm just joking. But as well as that, something really, really interesting happened in the survey. The greater the amount of money that was in the wallet, so they left kind of identification and they left cards and everything in all these rigged wallets, the greater the amount of money that was in there, the more likely someone was to hand it in. Isn't that bizarre? Isn't it bizarre and isn't it encouraging that in the world that we live in, that people generally go around doing good. Do you like that? Let me ask you a question. If you found a wallet today, would you hand it in? Of course you would. You'd open it up and you'd try to find something like me and you'd try to find some ID because most of us, we wouldn't go and hand it in to police, would we? We'd save them time and money and hassle and we'd try to track them down ourselves and we would try, and I've done it several times myself, to find someone's identification or go back to hotel reception and say, hey, I found this wallet here. And do you know what? It makes me feel good when I hand something back to someone, but you should see the look of horror on their face when they discover that people are generally kind, generally encouraging, and generally honest. Isn't that amazing? I found it amazing as well that when we were watching the TV series that's been on TV uh, in recent months, have you seen it, Drowning in Plastic? Have you, have you watched it? It's horrific to see how much plastic we consume as a nation. And I encourage you here as a church, please, could we try and cut down the amount of plastic that we're using? Try not to buy bottled water, you know, plastic bottle of water, just used once and then thrown away and discarded and you know all the challenges that we've got in trying to look after the planet but do you know what was interesting as a statistic that was quoted in that tv series guess on average how many people litter in the uk as as a percentage it's between 15 and 10 percent of people that actually litter isn't that amazing Because you don't litter, do you? In fact, we're a 
people here that make a difference. We see it, we pick it up, and we throw it in the bin. We are stewards of the planet that God has given us, and generally, we do good. And it's a verse that encaptures all of this that has struck my heart over the last couple of weeks. And Andrea was preaching the other day, and uh, when she was speaking, and I'm going to cover a little bit of theology, it's quite kind of deep theology, but stick with me at the beginning of the sermon as before I go into something that I want to share with you this morning, which is living like Ken. Living like Ken, and the acronym for Ken stands for being kind being encouraging, just be nice, just be a nice human, be kind, be encouraging, and be nice. You ready to go on the journey with me? Fantastic. Okay, so I need your help this morning. Hopefully we've got the scriptures uh, on screen with us this morning, but the verse that I'm going to share with you that abounds all of what I want to talk to you this morning, both theologically and practically, is Acts chapter 10, verse 38. And as the words appear on screen for this here, this is uh, Luke, the writer, who is writing here in the book of Acts. And he writes about Jesus here. This is Peter. He's writing about Peter's address to the people. And Peter goes to say about Jesus how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. And how he went around doing good. Jesus went around doing good. Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool? I hope we're a people that reflect the life of Jesus and we too go around doing good. Come on, bow your heads. Put your hands together if you've got them. Let's pray with me this morning as we ask God to come and bless our time together as we gather around his word. Father God, We thank you for your word. We thank you for your written word that we're privileged to be able to have and to read today. Lord, we think of uh, people in other nations, Lord, that are not as privileged as we have, not just to have a Bible in our hands or a Bible on our phone, but to have several copies of them in our homes, Lord. The privilege that's ours to have your word. So, Lord, as we turn to your word today, Lord, that Psalms teaches us is a lamp unto our feet and a light to our path. We pray, Lord, that the light of the truth of your word will shine into our hearts today as we look at this verse. As we look at what it meant for you, uh, our Savior and Lord Jesus, to go around doing good. So, Lord, help us and empower us today, I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The word anointed is a very biblical word. We don't kind of use it today at all. But in the time of when the Bible was written, this word anointed meant a lot. In fact, the word Christ means, when we refer to Jesus Christ, the word Christ means anointed one or chosen one. And those of us that know our Bibles know that throughout the whole history of time, as we read the Old Testament, we read that God anointed particular people. God anointed priests. And we know that young Samuel was anointed to be a priest. God anointed Kings, and we know how David, even before he had the throne, was anointed by Samuel to be king over Israel. And this word anointing or 
chosen is a significant act that is performed on a person to choose them. That God is saying, I am on this person and I am going to work through this person. And you see, this was born out in our Savior Jesus when he came to earth and John baptizes him. And as John the Baptist is baptizing Jesus in the river Jordan, just like we've opened this tank that's in front of us uh, on several occasions and, ba and baptized so many of you in water as a sign that you're following Jesus. When John the Baptist did that to Jesus, when he came up out of the water, the word of God tells us that the Holy Spirit descended like a dove on him and said, this is my chosen son. And that same anointing, now listen to this, is on us today. You see, one of the things that Andrea taught us in the scripture, and this is where I get a little bit theological with you now, right? Okay, so stay with me, okay? I'll try and explain it as simply as I can. You see, in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit came in various ways as people were anointed and dwelt on certain men. You see, God would come, and we read about Saul, how the Holy Spirit, uh, uh, King Saul, we, we read how the Spirit entered him, and as well as that, how the Spirit departed from him. So throughout the whole course of history, whether it's through prophets, whether it's through priests, whether it's kings, God comes and he chose specific people, and he was on them. Now, something amazing happened at Pentecost. You see, we celebrate, and those in the Anglican tradition celebrate particular, certain, particular and certain times in the Christian calendar in order to help people understand the truths. Advent in the lead up to Christmas. And Pentecost is a key time of celebration in the Anglican calendar. And for us as a Pentecostal Bible-believing church, we believe that in the book of Acts, after Jesus declared and he ascended to heaven, he says, I've got to go in order that the Holy Spirit might come. And the Holy Spirit has come and is upon all flesh Fulfilling what the book of Revelation says, uh, fulfilling what the book of Acts says, and in other places in the scripture says, in the last times, the spirit will fall on all flesh. My sons and daughters and old men and young men will have prophecies and dream dreams because the Holy Spirit is now no longer dwelling on men. He's dwelling in men. How cool is that? Okay, just me that thinks that's really cool. So instead of God picking specific people at certain times and saying, you're anointed, you're anointed, you're anointed, and more specifically, the rest of you, you're not, you're not, you're not. It's such a wonderful, inclusive gospel that has come to us since the day of Pentecost and since Jesus because the Holy Spirit and his power has been poured out on all flesh. God can't be boxed up anymore. In fact, God never wanted to be boxed up. You see, let me add some more theology of it before I get to Ken. 
Okay? Let me add some more theology for you right now. You see, one of the first experiences that we have where God separates someone, and we read it in the scripture, and we not experience it, we, uh, we, we evidence it. We see that God comes to Abraham, and he says to Abraham one day, you're chosen. He says, you and your seed will be more numerous than the sands on the sea, in the sea. Amazing, isn't it? That God chooses Abraham and anoints his family. And more than that, and I'll come back to it in a minute, so put this as a sub-point and a sub-point. Can I do that? Is that right with you, Andrea? More, more important than that, he says, all nations will be blessed through you, he says to Abraham. We'll come back to that piece in a minute because that's a sub-point, all right? So God speaks to Abraham, and we know the fulfillment of Scripture as we read it, that through that, the story of Joseph, a couple of kind of chapters later, and we read how uh, Joseph was taken into Egypt, and we see how God's people, the nation of Israel, that were the chosen lineage, or the children of Israel, as we call them, or the, the children of Abraham, we read how they found themselves in captivity in Egypt. And Moses comes along. Another person that is anointed for a specific time, chosen for a specific time. And can I say it like the film Moses goes, let my people go, isn't it? And that was his mission, was to free the children of Israel. So he frees the children of Israel and they come out of Egypt and they find themselves heading in the wilderness, going round and round for 40 years. But God was with them in a particular way. You see, God was with them in a revelation that he'd given to Moses that he would come and dwell in the tabernacle. He would come and dwell in this makeshift kind of built-up tent. That's what it was. You know, any of you go camping here should never be ashamed of being in a tent because God lives in a tent in certain occasions in history. And I'm not trying to be irreverent or dishonorable in saying that. But what I'm trying to say in doing it, God can't be boxed in. God isn't in a certain place. It's us that box him in, and I'll come to that in a minute. But God was always designed to be mobile and portable. And that's why he's chosen to live in you and me, because we are now his temple. We'll come to that in a minute, because God always wanted to be mobile and portable. That we haven't got to go to the house of God to praise and to worship. We haven't got to, got to go to the sanctuary to, sound, to find safety. P.S. at this point. Have you heard the, Roman, the uh, Anglican church are now trying to uh, help against knife crime at the moment and trying to uh, have all churches open so that young people, particularly after school times, can go and find sanctuary. Sanctuary can go in times of trouble. But little do they know when I was in times of trouble and you're in times of trouble, we've no need to go to a sanctuary. God can't be boxed up. Wherever I am, I could cry out to him and I could say, God, can you help me where I am? And he's there with me. Amen. If David says, if I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. Are you following me? Yeah. Right, back to Abraham. We've gone from Abraham to Moses and God is now living in a tent. But listen to this. Later on, David has this great, great idea because he's the tent thing, kind of David, and like that. So David comes up, King David comes up with this idea to build him a house. And David says it's not right that God should live in a tent. How many of you want to live in a tent? 
No. And David thought like you. He thought, oh, it'd be nice if, nice if God would have a palace. Let's build him a palace. And that's what David did. And that was David's idea, just to be clear. David's idea, you read the scripture. And God turns around to him and says, if you want to build me a building, you build me a building. And so, so uh, in the end, he lays out the plans. As you know, Solomon, his son, ended up building this huge, huge building. And in the same way that God came by his spirit and filled the tabernacle in a rush of wind and fire and everything that came, in the same way we read hundreds of years later that God came and lived in the temple. When they dedicated the temple, he came and lived in it. Following me? Right, bit of theology. We're going to get to Ken in a minute. Please be patient with me. Right. This is the bit that I love. You see, it's man's idea often to box up God. Man's idea to box God was always designed to be a portable God, to be with us wherever we go. And it is still in our psyche today, still in our thinking today, that we think God lives in what? Churches. That's what we call these buildings. We call them churches today, and they're not churches. We are the church. God's people is the church because when Jesus died on the cross, something immense happened. The curtain that was in the temple, which was a reflection of the tabernacle, which then came to the temple, that same temple that the whole holy of holies and all of the, I mean, it says curtain, it was massive. And it was torn in two from top to bottom, signifying that God rips it open. It was so tall, nobody could get up there without a step ladder. Actually, a full, proper ladder. Did they have ladders in those days? I don't know. Not needed. Because God ripped it open and tore it open. And we sing these truths so often theologically that I don't know sometimes if we really understand it, that the holy of holies has become our dwelling place and the reason it's become our dwelling place and the theology of this is what I really want you to understand this morning it's not that we have gone to the temple and the holy that holy place has become our dwelling place no it's a fact that God's holiness has come into us and we have become the holy place God has written these things on our hearts and so what happened? The declaration and the fulfillment of the prophecy, I will, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. So the promise went back in Abraham's day to just him and his family. And it went to the children of Israel, just the Jewish nation. But when Jesus came, he says, all flesh whether you're Jew or Gentile, or no matter the color of your skin, no matter your race, we are no more strangers and foreigners, but we are fellow citizens of the household of Israel. How cool is that? Right, so the reason I needed to cover that theology for you is in order to bring you back here. It's for us to understand that when Peter says that Jesus was anointed, you too are anointed. So he doesn't go around anymore and says, oh, I'm going to pick you, I'm going to pick you, 
and I'm going to pick you, and the rest of you, you can swing for it. God comes now, and he says, I have chosen you all. You are my sons. You are my daughters. You are sons and daughters of the most high God. Are you excited? Warning, I could preach all morning about this. I get so excited with the fact that I'm chosen. You see, because I've got to be honest, I was the kid that in school got chose last. I was. I was always last. Look, I was shorter and I was a little bit slower than everybody else. So I used to pick the football team. I used to love it if I got to be the team captain because at least I was first and I got to do the picking. That was the only time I got to be first. Apart from that, they would pick always Richard Williams, yeah, Adrian Thomas, yeah, Bryn Jones. They would all get picked. And at the end of the day, you could see the team captains as we were picking football and picking players. They would look at me. And they'll look at Adrian Ralph. Adrian Ralph, if you're listening now, we were always last, weren't we? Yeah. And he was uh, slightly larger uh, than I was, and I was slightly smaller and not such a good tackler and everything. It was always me and Adrian last. And they always used to pick Adrian before me. I was last. No need to be last anymore, church. If you're listening online, freely he welcomes us. John 3.16, I love the verse that says, what does it say? God so loved that he gave the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I love it. There's nothing we can do that will make him love us more. There's nothing we can do that will make him love us less. Isn't that the beauty of our gospel? So, right, let's swing and let's talk about Ken in a minute. You see, because we are anointed... And because we are powered by the Holy Spirit, we have an unique anointing that positions us on the world to do amazing things, if only we would realize it. You see, we're anointed to, um, to do amazing, powerful things, just like Jesus said. In fact, Jesus says himself, these signs will follow those that believe. They'll heal the sick. They'll cast out demons. They'll do all kinds of different things. And a challenge with that a lot of the time is, first of all, our understanding that we don't think we're anointed. Because a lot of us, if you're like me, you think of all the things, the bad things that you've done. And you think, God wouldn't use me, surely. God couldn't choose me to touch someone's life or whatever. And we devalue ourselves and we make ourselves unworthy when Jesus knows that we're worthy. And he says, I've chosen you. Your past is past. Your past is in the rearview mirror. And do you know what he wants you to do? He wants you to snap off the rearview mirror and throw it away. So you can't even see it anymore. Because he doesn't see it. In fact, he tells us our sins and our iniquities, I will remember them no more. So we're the ones that's choosing to live in this rearview mirror a lot of the time and saying, oh, I shouldn't have done that, I shouldn't have done this. And we're listening to the enemy's lies. And as Dave Crowther always to, when he used to preach, he says, we've got to get rid of stinking thinking. I love it. Get rid of stinking thinking where we demean ourselves because I'm the son of a king I am. I'm anointed I am. Not in an arrogant way, okay? Understand what I'm saying. But in an anointed way that the anointing that was on Jesus is on you too. How cool is that? How many of you healed this week? Or last week? How many of you touched last week? And a lot of the time, the reason we shake our heads and look a bit crazy is because none of us have stepped out in faith and done what Jesus did. 
which is to go around doing good. Okay, so let me just share with you two scriptures, uh, if I can. The first one is from uh, John chapter 1. If we can get that on, the, on screen, Joe. Here it is. So this is the writing here now from John. And John is teaching here as one of the apostles. He's saying, as for you, who's that? That's you, yeah? That's for you. So a lot of the time in Scripture, particularly in the New Testament, although it's written to the church in Corinth or the church in Ephesus or, or whatever, those words still apply to us as God's holy, anointed people. So you can put your word in there. You put, put your name in there. As for Elin, as for Emrys, as for Sally, you can put your name in there. As for you, the anointing you receive from him remains in you. And you do not need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things, and as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in him. Just showing us that we are anointed. Look at this verse from 1 Corinthians. I love this one as well from uh, 1 Corinthians 12. Flip it up. Here it comes. Sorry. 2 Corinthians 1, sorry. Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us. Okay, I'll try that again. God, I'll try that again. He anointed us. Okay, one last time then, just so it sinks in. He anointed us. Whoa. Anointed. So what does that mean then to be like Ken? To be kind. To be encouraging. And to be nice. You see, being kind is about how we treat others. Not to be confused with being nice. You see, being nice is who we are. Being kind is what we do. And if we are kind, we are living out the anointing of the Holy Spirit on our lives. And when God comes through his Holy Spirit in our lives, the Bible teaches in Galatians 5 that the Holy Spirit bears fruit. Not fruit. Okay? It describes the fruit of the Spirit in nine key ways. Love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, long-suffering, patience, faithfulness, self-control. And that's, a, oh, that one's a tough one, isn't it? Self-control. I like the way it's on the end. I prefer the love one. Love, yeah. Oh, the self-control one, because that's so hard, isn't it? And that's what makes it difficult to be kind a lot of the time. Because we think, oh, you, you Q-jumper. Why would you do? Wait. And instead of being kind, let him in. Be kind. I'm sure if Jesus was queuing with someone in Tesco, would Jesus go to Tesco? Of course he would. Every little helps. <laughs> And as he's queuing there in Tesco, someone wants to come. Do you think he'd let somebody in? Yeah. Of course he would. Jesus is a kind of person that always seemed to have all the time in the world for people. He's busy in the work of ministry and there's a shout that comes from left field. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And everyone's going, shh, shh, she's on a mission, he's got lots to do. And he's saying, who called me? Jesus got time for everyone because he's kind. There's a woman with an issue of blood and she thinks if I can go and touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. And she fights through everyone. She gets to him and she's made whole. God even saves short people. Amen. 
people that are vertically challenged. Amen. And Zacchaeus climbs up a tree in order to see Jesus. And Jesus sees him up the tree and says, Zacchaeus, come down. I'm coming to your house for food and tea. Hey, how cool is that? And even the little children that the disciples came and would say, oh, he said, whoa, 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 says Jesus. Let those little children come to me because such is the kingdom of heaven. See how kind Jesus was? And yet so many people would paint the picture of Jesus Christ as being this kind of cruel person. Yes, he overturned the tables and yes, he did so many different things to fight for justice. To fight for the things that were wrong because the temple, let me come all the way back to where we started. The temple was a man-made creation that God never wanted in the first place. And so they are maintaining this man-made thing. And the danger is in our society today, in the same way, we build churches. And we build buildings. And we say the buildings are more important. I tell you what, I'd sell these chairs in the church right now to feed the poor. Would you? Would you be with me? And we'll, get, we'll go back to plastic chairs. We might be a little bit uncomfortable, but at least we're feeding the poor. Amen. If a flood happened in Ammonford here and people needed refuge for the night and somewhere to sleep, I'm pretty sure that Gareth and me and Dave and, and loads of us here at the church would be down here, clear everything, let's get beds somewhere, let's get all of these people so they go somewhere to sleep at night. They wouldn't need the local schools because we'd be packing them in and I'm pretty sure the catering team would be out there putting teas and coffees and foods and soup. Is that the kind of church that we want that fights for justice? Because we are kind. We are kind. Secondly, we're encouraging. Andrea said, you know, when the children come down from learning what they've done and they've put their rocks together this morning, they're painting rocks, and I won't uh, share with you the scripture, you get to see them this morning. But you know what? They have gone upstairs to their classrooms this morning and they've put together as they've understood the scriptures this morning and they've put their very best painting together to create a masterpiece for mums and dads and grandpas to see this week and the truth of God's word is bearing fruit in their hearts and lives let's us encourage and water that seed isn't it Thomas Lily and all the other children what have you created let, let me see that let's it be encouragers amen Let's encourage, let's encourage the worship team that lead us so often on Sundays, despite all the technology flips and everything that happens. Let's be encouragers, because we can mourn and complain if we want. In song two this morning, did you notice the words didn't appear on screen? Well, we can be sitting there saying, oh, it's crazy. I can't even sing along this morning because there's no words on screen. How disgusting it is, there's no words. And actually, these chairs aren't as comfy as they used to be. Maybe we should... <gasps> all right, come on. We're blessed to be a blessing. We're here to make a difference. You've heard that famous story uh, of the lady that's leaving church. And she's leaving church and a conversation with a pastor at the door. And uh, the pastor says to her, did you enjoy the service this morning? And she said, yes. She said, I enjoyed the service, but the worship wasn't up to much this morning. And the pastor turned around to her and says, well, it's a good job the worship is not for you. If the worship is not up to much... It's your problem. We are here to give him our worship. It's not for you to come here and have a little 
tinkle of your heart and soul and be made for all, all feeling good and everything else like that. The worship's not for you, it's for him. But I guarantee you something that does happen, it makes you feel good when you worship him. It makes you feel good. Why? Because the scripture promises us that when we praise him, he inhabits the praises of his people as we come and praise him. So be kind. Be encouraging. And then lastly, be nice. I shared this with you before. Be a nice human. T-shirts that I think is Charlotte, I think that is at Life Church has had these. Be a nice human. I know sometimes uh, having to wear one of those t-shirts is a declaration in itself, isn't it? Somebody once told me that I should get one of those uh, Jesus fish things and put it on the back of my car. And I said, why would I need to do that? He said, to encourage you to drive like a Christian. Film. <laughs> I mean, you can't cut someone up if you've got a fish on the back of your car, can you? Confession, the fish has never arrived. <laughs> and don't know, no, none of you go buying a fish and stick it on the back of my car. Because when I'm in a hurry, we, 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 we turn into horrible people, don't we? As we are, as a nation, looking to have a new prime minister soon. I hope he or she is kind. I hope they're encouraging all of us as a nation to step up and be all of what we can be as British people, do you? And that we will be above all you see I want to finish if I may this morning where we finished off the world ain't so bad after all you see we listen to news headlines so often because good news doesn't sell good news that wallets get returned when they are stolen it's a bible there good news that wallets get returned because the world is a fantastic place and people are generally kind and nice and that only 15, 10 to 15% of the world litter, most of us are picking it up and putting it in the bin. After the 10%, we put our own rubbish away as well as theirs. That's what we do. And we make a difference, don't we? But how much more of a difference can we make in the life, lives of others if we allow the Holy Spirit to work through us? So let me give you a challenge this week. This week, as the Holy Spirit prompts you, because you're anointed, you will find this week, I kid you not, okay? I'm prophesying this. You will find this week that the understanding that you're anointed will permeate through your heart. You'll have weird things happening to you just this week. And I want you to come and see me or text me in the week or drop me an email. Even if you're listening online, I want you to just drop me an email when it happens to you. You see, the understanding that we're chosen and anointed unlocks incredible things in our lives. And so what the Holy Spirit then proceeds to do is to prompt us. He says, you understand now. You understand that you're chosen. You understand that you're anointed. So the Holy Spirit will guide you and will say, see that person that's on your heart right now? Pray for them. Pray for them. He'll drop, he will deposit people in your heart and in your soul. And you think, why am I thinking about them right now? Start praying. Start allowing the Holy Spirit to lead and guide you. You will find yourself at work and you will see someone maybe across the canteen floor and the Holy Spirit will encourage you, go and talk to them. And you're going to say, what am I supposed to say? Don't worry about it, just go talk to them. 
just walk across the floor and say, hey, how are you today? Watch what the Holy Spirit will do. It begins to open up your heart and your life to his prompting so that we too can be like Jesus that go around doing good. And as we pray for people, that they will be healed, that they will be touched, that people will come to faith in Christ and will say to you things like, well, why do you come over and talk to me today? I'll say, oh, it's a bit of a crazy thing. Have you got two minutes for me to tell you? Like some years ago, I became a Christian. And I believe that Jesus lives in me. God doesn't live in churches anymore. He lives in me. And just like Jesus 2,000 years ago was touched and anointed and filled with the Spirit, I am too. And the thing is, it's not exclusive. You can be touched by Jesus too. And you can begin to share with them your journey of how you came to Christ. And who knows what will happen as we show kindness and love and patience and compassion. And we are faithful and exercise self-control and all the fruit of the Holy Spirit as it impacts our world. Would you live like Ken this week? Be kind. Be encouragement. Be encouraging. And be nice. Let's pray as Karis, uh, just before Karis comes and leads us uh, to close. Father God, we thank you for the privilege that's ours today to be chosen. Lord, I thank you so much that I live this side of Calvary, this side of when you came in this wonderful time of grace. Lord, that I live this side of Pentecost where you came and opened up heaven so heaven could live in me. Lord, help us to understand Lord, that we're sons and daughters of the King. Help us to realize that we are anointed just like Jesus was and that these signs this week will follow those that believe. In Jesus' name I ask. Amen. Amen. Shall we stand? This message was brought to you by ABC Church. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org or search for us on Facebook or Twitter. You can also contact us by phone on 01269 596000.